Hello loves, it's Soya Seka again from T-Pop and I'm back with the amazing Destiny Grace and we are doing the checking in with Destiny check-in. <laughs> okay, so the prompt was no matter if the action is wrong or right, if it is repeated consistently, then it will become a habit. If you understand why we do a thing, then we can decide through experience and awareness of it if it is good or bad for us. Based on those observa observations, we can become invested in the process of that programming by becoming mindful and not just aware of it. In this way, we can choose how we program ourselves instead of simply allowing life to program us through reaction to it. So then, why is positive programming so important, and what separates it from what you would describe as negative programming? Um, so I answered it with a question. Perfect. How can I expect to be the highest me if I can't even allow myself to have positive programming? Mm. Um, negative programming is a waste of time, basically. You are placing doubt in yourself, which prevents the growth. Nice. Um, I think positive programming is, like I've been saying, flipping it. Okay. You can have that doubt, but don't let it be the thought in your mind. Let it be the motivator. Okay. Nice. <laughs> okay. So what was your takeaway from this check-in? Um... That it's it's just really important to um, really pay attention to what your brain is telling you and how you can use that to better yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> what? Um, I'm not sure why we got into fear on this one. Um, because I was worried about graduation and college. Okay. And uh, disappointing people. That was the main thing. Okay. All right. So expound on that a little bit. Uh, a year ago, I was just terrified of what everyone thought of me and what. Yeah. Okay. I was just always worried that I would do something to disappoint someone. Every action I did would disappoint someone. Yeah. And. I could never please everyone. And that was a huge thing I would have to face. Mm -hmm. And now, that's not even in my mind. Like, when I was writing down my fears now, I, I did it without um, looking back on those fears. And none of them, yeah, none of them have anything to do with my fears last year, which means I got over those. I faced those, and now they're not even in my mind. Wow. What, what was it like to see them? It was a little weird, because, like, okay, two of them were graduation in college. Yeah. And, like, I've already graduated, and that literally was nothing. Yeah. I was like, okay, I've graduated. And then college, I'm not in college, but it's not a... It, it wasn't like, oh, my God, I'm not going to college, I'm a failure. It was like, there's a reason I'm not going. I can still go. I can still not go. <laughs> I... It's all up in the air, and what yeah. I choose to do with it is who I'm going to be. Mm. And um, so what if I disappoint others? Yeah. It's not their life. Yeah. I'm 18. Yeah. Like, I am now on my own. Yeah. I am also providing for my family. Yeah. So what you think means nothing. Yeah. If you are not in it with me. Mm. 
that. And then the other, like, disappointing others, yeah. I don't... Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> as long as I'm not disappointing myself... Yes. ...or doing anything to harm people intentionally... Yes. ...then what they do with it, mm-hmm. they will. Yeah. And I, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Okay. So, I remember you were saying there was a lot going on around that time mm-hmm. that would have prompted these fears and then fanned those flames even harder. Yeah. As far as friends not coming through, as far as friends not being understanding, yeah. as far as friends being malicious. Right. So, um, how... I want you to speak to what it was like to realize you had to reframe those relationships that were making you question um, or make you so that were making you so fearful and then um, I want you to dang what did I just say Um, (laughs) I knew what you just said um what what it oh yes felt like to reframe to reframe those relationships yes what was it like to reframe those relationships and they're multiplying seriously (laughs) how have you grown in your ability to trust when you're open versus closed to new people yeah. there we go um it made me realize that I need to pay attention to red flags okay <laughs> um and not just brush them aside and also it made me see what are red flags nice because a lot of them I was like eh, that's not a big of an issue. Yeah. But then it became an, became issue. an issue. And I'm like, oh, I should have known. Because yeah. there was a little bit, but I was like, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt like um, something had been taken from me when I had to reframe. Like, the yeah. relationships, something had been taken because they were in my life. Yeah. For a very long time right but when it was taken from me it didn't feel like there was a hole wow so it was it, like what was it like it, it, it was like lifting a weight wow but it was like this is gonna sound bad it was like removing a tumor wow that i didn't know existed yeah so it was like i felt so much healthier after I, I felt like I could actually start a life wow. without that there. Yeah. So I it, it was it helped me grow in that sense because after I removed it, uh, I was able to be who I can be without having to worry about this constant thing that yeah. was bothering me. Yeah. Without realizing what it was that was bothering me. I love that. Wow. How how does that empower you? Um, it kind of does, but it kind of doesn't. Because I'm still trying to figure out how to realize that I have that. Okay. Like, because I, when I became friends with the person or yeah. with the people, I didn't know that it was going to end up in that way. Right. And I, I convinced myself it was a great thing. Yeah. So how do I know I'm not going to do that again? How do you? You don't. Or I don't. Well, I think I'm still learning. For? What did you learn from that then? 
<laughs> that I need to be very cautious uh-huh. and very aware of their intentions. Okay. Um, and also, I like to know people's past. Yeah. Because it helps me figure out who they are. Yeah. Um, I don't think their past defines them, but it's a good little tidbit of knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I'd like to learn more about a person before I let them learn more about me. Mm. That's real. Yeah. Just want to reiterate, this kid is 18. (laughs) You're like, the people you have to learn eat Lunchables. (laughs) What is happening? I'm I'm around a lot more adults than I am people my age. No, you usually are. Yeah. Yeah, And that's how it's always been. Like, in high school, I ate lunch in teachers' classrooms. Yeah. Like, I wasn't, I didn't party. Uh I went to maybe, like, one party, and I was like, oh, what are you all doing? (laughs) I felt like a parent. I was like, you guys should all be at home and in bed. I would be asleep at 10 o'clock. Do you feel like you had a childhood? No. How, like, are you allowing yourself to do things like play still and... I watched Lady and the Tramp for the first time last week. <laughs> How was it? It was good. I yeah. cried. Yeah, it's, it's sad. It's sad. It's, like, really romantic, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's Shane's favorite. <laughs> but I, I still haven't seen The Lion King. Like, what? Yeah. Girl. No, it's I did not have a childhood because if I wasn't out auditioning, well, yeah. When I t- I don't remember anything from before the age of four. Yeah. And then when I moved to, um, I was moving to California, and then from that point on, they put me in acting right away. Yeah. And then if I wasn't acting, I was in class. Yeah. If I wasn't in class, you're in the. Gym. I was in the gym. Yeah. So I don't. And then a lot of it. I've had multiple concussions, yeah. so I don't remember a lot from before sixth grade. Yeah. So I don't. Th- maybe I have seen the movies, but I don't remember. Right. So it's it's kind of that's a part that I still deal with too. Okay. Is trying to um, tackle that okay. the no childhood part because. I want to have kids. Yeah. How do I give them a childhood if I don't even know what a childhood is? So your ta- your task from mm-hmm. this from today is to find three to five new activities that make you feel like you're playing. Painting. Okay. Painting. painting. I, oh my gosh, that's the only because I'm I struggle with patience. Yeah. And when I'm painting. I can go four to five hours without checking phone, checking emails, doing anything except for being in tune with that work. Wow. And it's like, it it feels like it was five minutes long. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) That, wow. Okay. Okay. I also like writing poetry. Yes. There's, There's a lot of stuff I like to do, but it's like, I still feel like I, I didn't have play dates yeah like that's sad mm-hmm. but also I learned a lot of stuff yeah I'm mature yeah I just grew up really fast yeah and I could have had a childhood I just don't remember yeah but um yeah it, it was that's still a identity struggle yeah 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 but it, but it doesn't have to it doesn't affect you. me in yeah. in a negative way negative way i still make time to watch a disney movie or two just so i have that yeah um but yeah i feel like you could be a 
your childhood could be any time of your life. Wow. Expound on that. Um, just because you, um, you, you can, you should always have that child yes. in you. Yes. That child in you has that hope that when, when you're a kid, you feel like you could do anything. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. And your biggest fear was your parents. Yeah, she had no idea. Now, you're an adult. You should have that childlike in you because you don't even have the parent anymore. So what's your biggest fear? Seriously. And it's Seriously. like... You know, let it, let that child, like, help you in figuring out how to be a better adult. Because when you're a kid, you always had, always, I always had suggestions on how my mom could be better. Yeah. It would make no sense. Yeah. But it was like, eh, you could be better by doing this. Uh-huh. Have that child in you tell you how you could be a better adult. Yeah. How you could care for the child in you better. Yes. But like, also, don't don't let the child be the main you. Okay. Because if you do that, then it's like childlike. Um, you don't want to be childish. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be childish, but you want to be childlike. Okay. So tell us what the difference is. Childish is immaturity, um, and creating this. Um, bad vibe around you that you don't know how to grow okay you're stuck in your youth yeah and you don't have any motivation to leave that wow but being childlike is taking that with you through your journey and with your growth yeah okay so to that same respect something that i've been battling with is a lot of people um a lot of people who look at me two-dimensionally, so pretty much off social media, right? Um, pretty much my work face, um, and my work face when you're going with how things are supposed to go, yeah. and not the work face when I have to stand up for myself or when I um, have to come outside of myself, but yeah. my consistent face, that two-dimensional is always consistent. <laughs> People like to call me pure, and they like to call me uh, wholesome. And I have had an issue with that of late. Well, I've been trying to come to terms with that because my experience is not a pure experience. My experience was, you know, I was molested for most of my childhood. Right. I was raped. I, you know, had very emotionally turbulent relationships. Do you think that people call you pure and wholesome because of what you turned that trauma into? I think I think because they get the Zoya who learned how to smile still. Right. And who learned how to hold on to the childlikeness and not um, become hard. I think because they get that, that's where they're coming from. But it bothers me because I know people have a tendency to put you on a pedestal. And I know that once I come outside of that two-dimensional self, I'm going to run into an issue every time. And that's what does happen. What's your definition of pure? So this is so great because I have been defining that for myself. Um, So when I say pure... When you look it up in the de- definition, it's like untinged, untainted. Okay. Right? See, that's so weird because that's not my definition whatsoever. Exactly. 
Exactly. When I think of pure and why it makes me uncomfortable is because I think of like people who were able to hold on to their virginity forever and people who had like a charmed life and people who like that's, that's, you know that's and, like, not mine whatsoever. Really this like Disney princess yeah. person. Yeah. And that and none of that is me. You know what I mean? It yeah. just does it it conflicts with how I feel about yeah. how how I've come to this place of being able to hold on to my life. So now for myself, yeah. When people call me pure, I have rationalized it as, oh, you see my light. You That's see what, me regardless yeah. of what see, I've been. See, when through. I think of someone as pure, I think of someone who has no ill will. Ooh. Like someone who, yeah, expresses that light. Yeah. And um, they let that embody them. Yeah. And so they they are, I, I don't use it as like, oh, I am pure. I think it's a lead up. Mm. So you are pure what? Hmm. That's just how I leave it because I don't think anyone is pure. Girl. <laughs> so it's like you're pure what? Yeah. And then you yourself in that like yeah. so if somebody like calls my, you it's pure like my you're like light i am is what? yeah yeah and it's like if somebody was like hey you're pure yeah like, yeah thank you and then in your head you're like i'm pure this yes so it's like because their definition could be like that's dictionary definition your definition my definition yeah three completely different things who's to say they don't have a different definition yeah, exactly so yeah but I would see how that would yeah. be a struggle. Yeah. So going off that same thing, I would say I am pure empowerment. Yeah. What would you say? Um, I like to say I'm pure relation. Ooh. Okay. Expand on that a little bit. Um, I, I find building relationships key to everything. Wow. And I find being relatable mm-hmm. is also very important in trying to form that understanding and relationship. <laughs> I swear, you, you blow my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, you are like foreshadowing for the amazing kids that I'm going to have one day, for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> This is all you. <laughs> Girl. Being able to, like, put... Because I always had these feelings, but I was like, well, what am I feeling? And then having you around, you taught me how to put it into words. And then once I was able to put it into words, I was able to put it into actions in my everyday life. Wow. And that just changed me and transformed me. Wow. Like, people around me that I haven't talked to since freshman year, I'll meet up with them and I'll talk to them. Yeah. And before I leave to Georgia, I'm doing this thing where it's like, I want to meet up with everyone I've ever had a conflict with. Yeah. Not a yeah, yeah, dangerous yeah, yeah. one. But, of like... Just something where I can understand where they were coming from, where I was coming from. And even when I talk to them, they're like, wow. Yeah. Wow, like, this doesn't seem like you. And I'm like, yeah, because I changed (laughs) a lot. Yeah, I grew. Uh, A lot of, I I came out of a place of anger a lot. Okay. Without realizing I was so angry. Uh Uh-huh. But once I realized, like, I was like, wow, I'm more angry than I thought. Yeah. Um, and I was able to put that anger into a different kind of energy. Yeah. Everything that changed the game for me. Wow. Okay. So the large scale um, of this is 
the same issues that I was seeing in our gym and all the gyms that I've worked in, been a gymnast at, whatever. Uh, the issue, the underlying issue was a lack of clear open communication yes and the power struggle that it created i think it's you don't i think in the past it's always been coach gymnast relationship and i don't think it can be that anymore okay i think there has to be um a deeper and you know on the surface you call it role model student right or mentor student Uh but what does that mean and having the mentors understand what that mean and then the students understand that's when that like relationship is taken further Mm. actually connecting yeah on a deep level so do you feel like this is something that can facilitate a change a turn towards that um i really do yeah i really do if people are willing yeah you have to be willing yeah but you get out of it what you put into it. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. I keep telling people, like, this literally is what you make it. Yep. If you want it to work, it will work because you're, it's you. It, yeah. It, all it's I your mind. Give you give you... me a question exactly. and then what I do with it is what I do with it. Right. So. Exactly. My only, my only job yeah. is to provide the environment and the experiences for you and the guidance to help you through them right that's my only job my job is not to do it for you my job is not to uh because part of my issue or the issue right now too is we have so much technical understanding of how to efficiently get our bodies to develop to, to get to be able to do these things, whatever, but nobody, it's like we've forgotten you have to teach. Yeah. You have to show. You have to allow the child to become confident. Yeah, especially because it's 90% of a mental sport. Yes. And then it's so devastating as a gymnast to just hear the correction. You're like, I know, I, I understand what you're telling me, but my body is not connecting. Or my mind is not connecting to my body. So, like, help. Yeah. And then the coach will just be like, well, I told you to do this. Yeah. No, I understand. That's not... But I don't feel it. Okay. I don't tell me how. Mm. And then once you start teaching, teaching and you don't just... It's like what I said earlier, because I said so. Mm. No, no, no. I know because you said so, but why did you say so? Yeah. Teach me. Mm. Let me understand. Mm-hmm. So do you think that part of the issue is we teach our coaches how to get people to do things, but we don't teach them how to be a teacher? Correct. (laughs) I started understanding gymnastics a lot more when I started coaching it. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah. I would judge it. Yeah. And just be like, oh, okay. And then I took six months. I, I quit. Yeah. Six months later, I'm watching it on TV, and I know everything they're doing. Yeah. It's time. Yeah. You can't rush it. Mm. The more you rush it, the more there's burnout, and the more you stop caring. You cannot rush it. Yeah. Because if you put that much pressure on your brain, your brain is overloading with pressure and not trying to understand what you're, you need to do. Right. 
Mm. Yeah, girl. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Um, I feel... <laughs> what do you think is going to be the biggest hindrance to implementing this in actual USAG? Because I know... I, I have been... I know that it's going to be fought. Yeah. But I also know it's exactly what we need. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing this. I've been trying to keep it as much out of the gymnastics space as possible. Yeah. Just so that everyday people can have testimony and, like, be a testament to it. Yeah. But it's still my ultimate goal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, like, what do you think is going to... What is the missing piece? Like, what is going to allow them to be open to this? Make them want it? What is going to make them feel like they need it? Experience. And it sucks because not everyone understands that experience. Like, a lot of the people that are higher up in USAG, some of them have no knowledge of gymnastics. Yeah. It's a money game. Yeah, so it's so political, and it's like... How can these people be running gymnast if they don't even know what a Takah chip is? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you expect someone to relate to the gymnast or try and help the gymnast as people if they can't even understand what they're going through? Mm. So, I just think they need more higher-ups that understand gymnasts. Wow. More gymnasts up there mm-hmm. rather than politicians. Yes. Yeah, and ex-CEOs. Yeah. Because once you've gone through that sport, yeah. you are more willing to take any of that mental health. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the more, the better. Yeah. <sighs> I, <laughs> I hate... <laughs> I hate that more coaches are not aware or maybe willing enough to take responsibility for like their role they think in that. they're they are they think they're good enough they think they're the best that they can be yeah they're so stuck in their ego that they don't think they need it they're doing just fine without it yeah and their gymnasts show that they're good right on the outside mm-hmm. and through their skills mm-hmm. but you don't know what they're feeling mentally Last question. Mm -hmm. Give me three (laughs) necessary components for a prescription for life coach. Um, Communication. Okay. Open communication. Okay. That has... I I think it's important to communicate something outside of gymnastics. Okay. As far as what? Like... Life. Okay. Life. Just so you can have that openness. Set your boundaries, of course. But also don't make your whole relationship about gymnastics right perfect okay um two make it clear to your gymnasts that they are not just gymnasts they are people okay and three teach them how to be um yeah teach them how to be a teacher (laughs) do you feel like that's what you got from this uh experience oh yeah i would not know how to speak to people in the slightest (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i didn't I didn't know how to speak to anyone. I was so socially awkward. Really? I was very, unless I was talking to a gymnast, yeah. Okay. 
Okay. When I was at a competition, I, I knew how to talk to them. Yeah. Then when I got to somebody else mage, I was like, oh my god, I don't know what to say to you. Yeah. I don't know how to speak to you. Yeah. I feel like a lot of gymnasts have that experience. Yeah. Like, I don't really know how to be normal. I, I didn't know how to be. What? Like, what, at all. What What is that? I, because you're so used to being trained to be a gymnast and you only speak gymnast lingo mm. so when you go to a competition you relate to them and you feel like you know people yeah. your age but gymnasts aren't our age no. so when you go to the real world and you try and talk to them they're like what are you talking about <laughs> you, you didn't hear about that <laughs> and they're like no we're making tiktoks so good lord <laughs> I just I never understood that I was never in that like phase Mm -hmm. where social media was it yeah like I and not like as a business aspect that's completely different that's a great way to put your work out but like to express your life (laughs) no like I I put what I want people to see but I'm not gonna focus like yeah I I put out the engagement pictures that's for me yeah it's not so I can cultivate a following. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care about that. Yeah. At all. Do you feel like your generation is more focused on um, getting followers than telling their story? Yeah. Yeah. But I also think they're really interested in telling people the story they want people to hear. As opposed to? The real story. Oh, shit. Right. That makes sense. And a lot of it is to grab attention. Right. And it could be good attention, it could be bad attention, it's any attention, as yeah. long as they're getting it. Oh, God. oh my gosh, it's going to be so interesting to see this next generation grow up. It's going to be terrifying. Oh but I really think that there's a few of us, like myself, that will be able to turn it around yeah. when we have our own kids. So and it'll start the cycle back over. So it's interesting you say that because... There is a, there's some statistic out there that's like 85% of the world's populace is always going to be followers. Then there's a certain amount that are meant to be leaders. Mm -hmm. And then there's like 5% who are um, the changers. And the changers are always apart from everything. The changers are like in it, but not of it. The changers might be leaders too, but they're mostly just people who are only here to live their truth and teach. Yep. Right? Where do you think you fall in, in that spectrum? But I think also we should think about like none. Really? How would you classify yourself? As a being. As a being. Just a being. Yeah. I'm just I'm just here and if you want to come to me, come to me and I'll help. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not the type of person to um, I'm just I'm very introverted. But if I get to know you, I'm very extroverted. Yeah. Um, but I'm not the type of person to reach out to you. Um, like, I'll be like, hey, if you need me, I'm here. Yeah. But I'm never going to force myself onto a person. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm never going to assert myself as a dominance. Okay. But if they acknowledge me as that, I'd be more than willing to help. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm, I'm just here. I'm along for the ride. Yeah. And you I'll are. help along the way. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you right now, you're going to make an impact. That's it. You make it. Literally just by, literally just by being here. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
just by existing. I think you do. It's been so wonderful to see you grow. <laughs> it's been a journey. <laughs> it has. It has. A wonderful journey that I am so, I feel so blessed to have been a part of, honestly. Me too. <laughs> okay, so is there anything you'd like to leave us with from the check-in with Destiny? Um, just be aware that whatever you're putting in is put out. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you you want to be positive. You want to live that positive life. And you want to repeat it. It's all about repetition and consistency. Because without that, just follow through. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to say. Follow through with what you're saying. Okay. Actions speak louder than words, even to, like yourself yeah you could tell yourself you're gonna do it but you aren't it's not until you do it and you like repetitively do it Uh uh-huh thanks babe yeah no problem (laughs) (laughs) this has been a prescription for life back in with the destiny grace uh live survive thrive i see you enough love (laughs) zoya yes (laughs) ago